0: Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, where we share factual information to the city's citizens. I told you I'd give yeah. it up. <laughs> Cities, citizens, whatever. It's all the same thing here in Jack County. I'm your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, <laughs> and to my right, my emergency management coordinator, my IT director, my chief of staff, Mr. Frank Hefner. Man. It's good to be back on the podcast. We have
1: not done this in a while.
0: Yeah, it has been. Although I did one, and I've got to, I've got to talk about this real quickly. Um, if you haven't had the opportunity, go to Spotify, and Alinda Cox and her daughter mm-hmm. uh, Ashley Ashley has a um, a podcast, and it's called Lemonade Laughs. And take just a few minutes, and it's they're both agricultural Texas AM agricultural extension agents, and they basically come up this with with just a way to share some common ideas, some common practices. And I love, absolutely love their title of the podcast, Lemonade Laugh. So it's, it's almost, and what they share is, is they just want you to have a conversation as if you're sitting on an old farmhouse front porch, sitting on the swing, having a, having a cool, nice glass of lemonade in the afternoon and just having a conversation. Sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it is, isn't <laughs> it? It's a... it just and such a pretty day today. It's just perfect. And hey, it's uh Saint Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. so where's your grain, man?
1: Well, uh, it's it's hidden.
0: You you see my button? <laughs>
1: I'm I don't think I'm Irish, to be honest with you.
0: I'm I'm, I'm You're just Irish, Irish for the day? Yeah, Irish for the day. <laughs> Everybody wants think... to be Irish on uh, Saint Paddy's Day, right? Socks, <laughs> <so. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I had an interview earlier this morning. I went over to um Young County and I met with Sheriff uh, Travis Babcott and um, we uh, we had an interview with channel three out of Wichita Falls and we talked about mental health and so Travis asked me to come over and all of a sudden I noticed I had my blue blazer on and and uh, I didn't have any green on so I quickly changed my vest put on my blue blazer to be um, you know camera ready so to speak and as I always say I probably had the voice for radio and Definitely not the uh, not face. the looks for TV. Not the face for TV. So, <laughs> hopefully, the viewers that watch the uh, video will uh, uh, look at my button. I'm Irish well, you know, for the day. So,
1: um, uh, you, Channel Three got a hold of you the other day. I, I was on Channel Six last week. Uh, we're famous. I know it's it's getting, <laughs> but uh, we were we were discussing, um, um, you know, what to do during times of tornadoes. Uh, they called it the fifth season. And uh, oh, so we, we interviewed um, on some, um, you know, survival issues and, and things like that yeah. during times of tornadoes and stuff. So
0: Well, and we're in that season. That we are. We had a big storm roll in through yesterday. Thank goodness, by the grace of God, our community really was, it was non-eventful. Non-eventful and, for And us. we're coming up upon our anniversary of our one year for our tornado here in Jacksboro, March 21st. I want to remember it, but I sure don't want to celebrate it. No. I'll, I'll celebrate the... Our efforts but as a community to rebuild, but
1: the um, the camaraderie that came out of out of that ought to be celebrated. Um, we're still working a lot on the destruction side of it, but yeah, it's working well.
0: We're going to focus on the positive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned something about survivorship and being prepared. And our guest today, we really are fortunate. We've got some young men that are here today. Paul Reese, and he is the uh, his mastermind or his concept is Line Two, and we'll go in that. A little more detail in just a few minutes, and then, of course, Jake Hayhurst is here, uh, master builder, uh, <laughs> designer uh, extraordinaire. Is that possibly right? And, and um, y'all are a great combination, by the way. I think uh, Paul, you have a lot of the creative side of. Of it seems to be they give you a lot of credit for some of the creativity part of their of their home building and their home designs. There's a, lot a lot of, of that goes to, to you. That. So,
2: <laughs> well, it's a team effort, and Jake always. The thing about our company is, if anybody gives somebody a compliment, hundred percent of the people will say, "No, it's it's that guy." <laughs> They're very good at not accepting compliments.
0: Oh, that's okay. That's all right. That's uh, that's team building, and that's what it's yep. all about. So, and it does. It makes it. It takes everybody to that's right. to make a concept or an idea work. And so and we've
3: got the the most amazing team. I think there's twelve guys at Hayhurst Brothers, and the the camaraderie that we have is is unparalleled. And the humility and just the desire everybody has as a as a unit um, is is amazing, and we're very blessed for that.
0: It really is, and I love the the way. I guess Frank and I are kind of the same yeah. way. I'd much rather you know we we travel as a team most everywhere we go, and we we do a lot of meetings together. And what I always find myself doing is is you know we always have to stand up and introduce ourselves, and what I what I do is is I end up saying, Oh, well I'm Keith Humphreys, blah, blah, blah. And I said, But this guy is Frank <laughs> Hefner. And this is the guy you really need to meet. And by gosh, he goes with me everywhere and he's my chief of staff. And I I, I he's my um, I call him my wise counsel. Mm. And and it goes back to some of your concept. You mentioned that there's twelve individuals that work uh, you know, as you build homes or design and the whole concept but you've surrounded yourself with people as wise counsel. And they basically, and w- when you surround yourself with those positive people that are like minded, it's amazing the great things that you can, that that come from that energy. Oh, you're exactly right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge
3: advocate of, of surrounding your yourself with a positive like-minded core of people. And, you know, as far as that goes, it's, it's all boats rise with the tide, and if you've got uh, a band of people that are positive and that have that that same outlook, it's it's an infection almost. You know, it it um, it uh, causes people to want to be a part of it, yeah. and it and it just grows. It's, it really does. It's a,
0: it's a the idea um, works. It does. It really does, and then it causes them to want to take it to the next level. It's it's very contagious. So, Paul, interesting uh, concept. So, one of the things that we definitely want to make our listeners aware of is your mastermind. Your concept is called Line Two, and so uh, give us a little bit of a history. Tell us how you came up with this concept. Tell it what it's all about, and then our listeners, we have a special uh, opportunity to be a part of it on March 25th. Mm-hmm. Now, that's coming up pretty quick, and you need to uh make arrangements and and uh you know let us know that you're interested in coming, but uh we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Paul, just kind of give us an idea of, of the concept of line two,
2: yes, sir. I have been in the health industry before, and I've always been into gardening, um, kind of sustainability, and uh, living a healthy life, and so um, as I have lived the past years of my life, uh, especially the last five years, I've observed the conversations happening around a lot of the big events happening in the world, and I started to notice a trend, and that is that uh, many people, they are reacting from fear, and my idea for line two is that that conversation where fear is a reaction is line one and so in the old days they had the phones that connected on the cords you click and you go to line two and so line two what it is is a separate conversation and the conversation um, is going to be proactive solutions it's going to be education um, preparedness for unexpected events so instead of a reaction of fear it's like well let's just prepare. For the worst case scenario pray it doesn't happen but if it does then we're prepared yeah and so i've brought on last year i had three events uh, and amazing experts uh, talking on a multitude of subjects and uh, had kids there which kids are the foundation for our entire nation right now moving forward so if we can get this kind of information into their minds and make it interactive towards fun for them uh, that's a building block for our community and our nation and these speakers, they'll talk on anything from sustainability, animal husbandry, uh, permaculture, alternative investments, protecting families, gun safety, knowing your neighbor, uh, producers, local producers. And my ultimate goal with it is basically education and preparation for unexpected events for uh, families.
3: Yeah, and I've been a part of all all three. I've come to all three of the ones that Paul's had previously, and, and it's been paramount for me and my family, which, you know, I think... What's so great about this is, to Paul's point, is the education information. The, the the generation that knows all of this stuff that that is at line two is very rapidly disappearing. Yeah, and they, they are. Have, mm-hmm. you know, people have not wanted, because of technology and how much things have changed, people have not wanted really to be a part of this information. As much as that next generation has wanted to pass that on, people have been too busy. there have been too much going on. So this information needs to be passed on because, you know, our, my grandfather, he knew all this stuff. I mean, he was, he was born in post Oak and he, they'd come to Jacksboro once a month on the, on horse and buggy, Yeah, but they, they, they knew how to be self-sustainable and, um, they just, you know, that, that information is very slowly
0: getting lost. Well, you know, and, and and that's something, it's about fear, because I know that if we do have an event in our community, whether we lose our electricity, or if we're iced in for just a period of day, or just what we're coming away from, you know, this, this COVID situation, there was fear that caused people to do just unrealistic things, even in our community or in our in our you know in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I mean there was a run on toilet paper. How stupid is that? But it was a real deal. And oh, yeah. then and then that fear and it was that lack of preparation. Paul seriously, I bet you in my house. Of course, you know, we live rural and we have a water well. But it requires electricity. I probably have I bet I have less than 2 to 3 days of just water in storage because what do we do? We go to Dollar General. If we need something, my wife will call and say, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? Well, I'll pick something up. I'll run by. So we have come so dependent upon that convenience of just running to the grocery store and not uh, our, our generation. Uh, our parents had, I know growing up in our, in our pantry, we had at least canned goods to where ah, you could live forever on some of the canned goods, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, those are things, and I can remember my grandparents, we would actually can and we would prepare for that. Or if we had a a great harvest of okra or tomatoes or something, we we did stuff to prepare for that or for the wintertime or for the next couple of years. And and then going back to a community concept, we shared that stuff. If I had an abundance of squash, then we would share it with our neighbors that had Green beans or whatever, and it's that that is lost, and it is that generation, as you said, uh, is is dying. And And it
3: it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, and what what we kind of discussed, and that's community and having knowing knowing your community and having relationships with your community. I mean, we've got we're incredibly blessed out where we're at. We've got probably twenty families that all commune together and just hang out. Hey, I need some eggs or like you're saying if if you've got extra okra or whatever it is. Sure. If you need something, you just dial up and I send someone down on the ranger, my daughter or my or me or my wife or somebody runs down to Paul's house and yeah. gets
0: eggs or whatever it is that you need. Exactly. Yeah, nowadays, you know, the the old expression we used to go next door to borrow a cup of sugar, sugar. you know, mm-hmm. now we just we run to town. Yeah. But where we live and I know you're probably in the same situation, Frank, you're the same way. Right. Uh, going to town is Fifteen twenty 20 miles, and, I mean, it's at least an hour-and-a-half to two-hour event, so I don't know. Paul, go into a little more details of some of your guests. I'm going to read over these people as Austin Mago, uh, Philip Le- Liebel, Philip and that name may sound familiar to you because Philip was on Alone, Alone. Yes, sir. And he was a contestant, and he survived the wilderness for I mean, it's, it's an extended period of time.
2: How many months? Is, is
0: it weeks, months?
2: I think he lasted for a couple of months, um, and he did, uh, I think he got a bull moose with a bow and arrow, which is incredible in a primitive environment where, you know, it's not like you're in a tree with a little stand, and you have your snacks, and you have a... Oh, you don't um, put corn right? out yeah. and, like, <laughs> bait them in yeah, and stuff. It's know, like legit hunting. All that hunting. So... Uh, he's actually taught at one of the uh, first ones, and he taught about how to preserve meat, using, doing smoking, and just basically if you harvest an animal and you're out in the wilderness, you need to preserve it. Uh, or if electricity goes down and you harvest one and just kind of thin slicing it, putting it over smoke. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he's been invaluable. But Austin, he's a arborist. And one of my favorite things in the whole world to study are trees. Uh, the way the root systems communicate, what they produce, as far as the fruit um, that you can find. Like right now, all of the uh, the plum trees with the white blossoms just smell so amazing. And we're about to have hundreds of thousands of plums. And uh, don't eat them before they're uh, ripe. <laughs> and uh, you know, out here there's pecans, uh, there's pomegranates, there's persimmons. Uh, there's a lot of uh, wild fruit in Texas, but He's going to be going into which trees to keep on your land, um, some of the properties and values they have uh, that you may not know and how to kind of, um, you know, grow the right fruit trees for your environment, knowing, you know, the area of the uh, state that you're in. And uh, so I'm looking forward to his, uh, Philip. Um, he's going to be talking about uh, survival kits or bug out bags. As some people refer to them, basically if something goes down and you and your family need to leave your environment quickly, um and you have a bag there Uh, maybe it's stored in the back of your suburban maybe it's in your closet but many people if they're in a rush they their panicked mindset will not know the right things to prepare for to grab and so he's going to educate people on how to prepare for those situations and how to do it uh, minimally and then if you're wanting to spend more money how to go beyond that but I'm looking forward to that one and then Sean Kelly, he has Crunchy Mama Farms and Be the Butcher, Butcher, excuse me. He's in Alvord, and they're doing a school out there teaching um, young people and old people. I went to one of his classes and uh, basically the art of uh, being a butcher. And um, I saw him carve up a pig right in front of me with kids there and moms there and it was really neat to see the community come together and learn how to dissect a pig together and actually like cut it apart in real time. And so he's going to be showing um, how to preserve meat using salt. And then he said for the first time in people's life, they're going to taste what real bacon tastes like. And so <laughs> he's working with a farmer who lives next door to him, and they're going to be using uh, the meat from animals they've harvested this uh, next week. And there's going to be a farm-to-table lunch that's going to be delicious. And after that, uh, there's a lady named Katie Luttrell, and she is a health uh, expert. And she's going to be talking on hormones and basically, you know, why the infertility rates have just so drastically declined in men and women in the last 5 to 10 years. And that goes from our clothing to our food our environment, uh, electronics, sleep patterns. Uh, she goes into all of that, and she's really passionate about women's hormones as well. And a lot of the things that are in our environment, um, both externally and internally, uh, really affect the hormones uh, for women. So I like to try to balance it with men and women speakers so that women aren't just bored. You bet. Then, Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's been good. <clears throat> and then my friend uh, Jimmy Bell, he was a uh, recon Marine for eight years in Afghanistan, stayed there for eight years straight. He's a tier one trainer. Um, he teaches gun safety courses uh, for families, communities, um, for young people. And he's a leader in the town of Haiko, where I used to live. He's a fireman there. Um, and he uh, has a lot of wisdom. And what he's going to be doing is a debrief on... The last two years and what we experienced as a nation and how to understand how to process any future events that happen in a similar way to stop kind of the mind virus, the contagion uh, from happening. And he, um, he and I had a very deep conversation and he almost didn't want to do it, and I I said, Jimmy, like, why aren't you wanting to do this? He said, Paul, I've taught thousands of hours of classes. I can teach special forces classes all day long. He's like, there's something so deep and personal about what happened in my community with people I love and the division that it created that I had to understand it, and he said, usually I'm neutral. Um, I'm a peacemaker. I'm a leader. I'm not an instigator. He's like, but I'm going to share some things that I've I've observed that have unfolded in our reality that has never happened before and how to avoid those and how to recognize them moving forward. So,
0: You know what, you touched on something. Our generation had never experienced that type of stress or trauma uh, to our way of life. You know, now our past generations had. They had been through uh, either war or fear of war. And really our generation has really had a pretty easy go of it a pretty and and that pandemic was fear-based it just it did it it was one of the most the div- divisive things I think I've ever experienced and we had no idea how to how to even deal with it and so I really I'm interested in that because it's like we need to learn from from what we experienced and prepare ourselves mentally and physically for, to make sure that doesn't happen again. And so we were, we were front line on it. We,
1: we were. And, um, you know, we, I'll just say this. We, we are probably, um, in, in our society, as we sit here today amongst our generation, um, we're probably in a society that's probably fixing to roll back into the World War I errors of, of things that are fixing to take place, I think, in our society. Um, you you do have wars, rumors of wars that are that are that are on the edge, and that warfare. I believe it's going to take place. is going to is going to happen in in. You're going to have to learn how to be a survivalist, um, because I, I believe it is going to affect our electronics. Um, I mean, that's if you're going to if you're going to stop one country from another country, the best way to do that is shut down their. Their electrodes—that's going on—and and, and it, people that people that do not understand this type of survival method, um, you're going to be you're going to be behind the eight yeah, ball. You're going to be panicked. exactly right. You know, and it's you know you talk about being in the health industry. It, it reminded me of, you know, um, as an EMT, one of the first things you learn in in health is is when there's a when there's an incident that happens in someone's life, the first thing that kicks in is either the the fight or the flight, mm-hmm. you know. And so, typically, your your body will automatically go to that fight mode, and so you start learning how to how to survive in ways that you thought you could never ever survive before. And uh, but your your body's designed for that. If you'll just let it, and and it'll teach you a
3: little bit. Yeah, talking about. Electronics. I think the, the scariest part of that is how dependent we have become we have. on cell phones, oh, on sure. computers, on, I mean, people can't read a map anymore. I mean, I make sure my daughter knows how to read a map. I mean, you just think through if, if to your point, if they, um, if something happens to our electronics, um, our society is in trouble because we, we yes, are sir. fully dependent on that.
0: Well, and, and there's a, our younger generation doesn't even know how to have a conversation with, with their peers in the same room because they're so focused upon texting and being nonverbal. They don't know how to express themselves. You're exactly
3: right. And then I see it in, in, you know, young married couples, you know, you go out to eat and you've got two (laughs) nice looking people that are sitting there eating dinner together and they're both staring at their phones and it's, there's not there. We've lost that ability to communicate because we've been so, like, trained and mesmerized by this electronic cell phone.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm amazed at your timing of how you guys are are, are doing this. Um, you know, we've we watched uh, a few weeks ago um, uh, a banking industry that 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 collapsed. You know, and and people don't realize how big that is. I know that I know that bank was a small bank. Yet at the same time, that bank had a had multi millionaire depositors.
0: Oh, absolutely. That
1: yeah. that if they didn't, if something didn't happen there, the, the, your, the rest of that was going to be just a domino effect down the road. But um, in that in that regards, that that raised an effort to show you how big that how your financial system can collapse.
3: Oh, you're exactly and,
1: right. And then once that collapse there's no going to the grocery stores. You're, you're either going to have to either, hopefully you have something stocked up at the house yep. or you're going to have to grow it or yeah, go right. get it. That's exactly right. Or, or do something. And and we're seeing that with inflation and everything else that's going on. Yeah. that's So the, it's, the banking it's huge. Is a big
3: deal for sure. I know it makes me think about it's a wonderful life. You know, I mean, you had that right. rush on the bank and, you know, people are thinking, well, I, my bank's FDIC, you know, it's, it's covered and this and that, but, the amount of money that is covered under FDIC doesn't even come close to what would actually need to be paid out i mean it's it's not even in the same realm
0: right correct right. yeah
3: so it's a it's a real deal and the sure.
0: terminology too big to fail is a false misconception That's it exactly is right and, and and it's very possible and we did experience that so mm-hmm. paul i'm i'm really <coughs> excited about the concept of your your farm to plate idea. And and I got to share this opportunity. And Jake, we talked about it earlier. I had the opportunity, me and my wife, to come. And we we had a dinner created by a chef and a time of community and a time of networking and fellowship. And I had the opportunity to sit across the table uh, from Sean and his wife. And I learned you know, at the very first I heard their story, they're, they're from the Metroplex, from the Keller area or from, you know, that, uh, Alliance area. And then, and they're very educated. I mean, they had, they had, they had big, big jobs, corporate jobs. And, um, I think corporate promotion, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. And then they, I asked them, I said, well, why did you choose Alvord? And, they wanted to raise their family and educate their family and others. They found that many of their peers, their, their friends during this time over the last couple of years, um, they, they realized it was time for a change, and so um, I thought butchering and teaching butcher classes was a very unique concept, and it really kind of drew my attention because we raise sheep, and so obviously... Your byproduct, a lamb, is a, a, a high-end delicacy meat. And, you know, most people, uh, you need to have a butcher, uh, somebody that you could go to to where they would do that. And, and that the quality of the meat when you go from a producer to a butcher to your plate is so much higher quality. And then we talked about how we've lost flavor in our foods over all this genetic modification, whatever we want to call it, um, you know, but tell us a little bit about how the uh, your relationship with Sean and his family, and and the concept of of knowing how to preserve the meat. and Paul actually will talk about it as well. Talk about that for just a little bit about um, about going back to what um, what our grandparents took for granted and how important that is. That sustainability.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, so I was raised. Um I've moved 46 times in my life. Uh, Dad was in the military, so he's a really good recruiter. He's also drill instructor, so we just moved anytime recruitment was low. But I was raised without a television. My parents uh, let us read books, so I'd consume two to three books a day. And there's a series called uh, Foxfire. Have you heard of those? I have, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so if there's any family out there and you have kiddos and you're wanting to educate your family on how to survive – Go buy the Foxfire books from a used bookstore and read all of them and with your kids. It's fascinating how people relied on community. They raised their own animals. They knew how to hunt. They knew how to trap. They knew how to forage. They knew how to store vegetables in sand and in the ground. They knew all of those things. They knew how to build a wagon wheel, you know, out of oh, a yeah. log. So yeah. things that nobody could do anymore. And so um, whenever I did uh, the first, uh, the second line too, actually a tornado hit um Julian is a guy who does uh, no-till market gardening he teaches about that and he's a fireman and he has uh, amazing gift uh, for growing food and a tornado hit right near his house and messed up part of it and so he was unable to speak and I had contacted Sean just to attend and whenever I was uh talking with Sean, I was like, man, yeah, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. I was yeah. like, we are, just the day before the event, I had a speaker canceled because a tornado hit his house. So I was like, would you like to present? And man, when he came up there and presented, you know, sometimes people have the gift of presenting and sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, that was good information. But I mean, he had that, like, uh, he has some zeal, he has passion uh-huh. and he has charisma and he has a lot of knowledge and he has a desire to help other people and uh, seeing what he has done on his property so far, with his buildings and with raising animals and the investment in the property has been really beautiful to see. And my friend and I went out to his last class where they had kids out there and they had a um, hog that they had harvested and they were, you know, there was a woman there, you know, with a sawzall going down uh, the back of the... uh, going down the back of the yeah. pig and you know the next kid came over with the knife and he's cutting off the leg and it's like okay this is real life you know sure. and the blood is oh, yeah. there and the kid was washing off the blood and it's like if if this is going to go down you're not going to go to brookshire's and get you know a pork chop so Correct. here's here's a pork chop let's go for it yeah. yeah and uh he had cooked up uh chicken uh he'd roasted chicken and you know i haven't eaten chicken from a local chicken in probably two to three years and I'd been going you know to Kroger's or H-E-B or something and the chicken there is all right but when I tasted that chicken there was something different about it yeah I mean it was like so good uh, compared to even like a fairly good brand at Kroger and so yeah any of the um things that we can do to get back to the land to we're actually growing on our property and supplying our neighbors that's a major part of line two as well and it's I've had a clearer vision with how it can grow in America because this is not just, you know, in our area alone is going to experience something. If if something happens in America, America is going to experience it. So I've already had two leaders step forward. They are going to be doing one in uh, uh, Franklin, Tennessee, and then Heiko, Texas, and they'll be leading line to events. And my desire is from these that people that attend them will know, hey, if I need eggs and the store is closed, a person two miles down the road, they have – dozens of eggs for sale for $3 a dozen. And right now they're $5 and they're worse eggs at the store. So, (laughs) and these people, they have milk and this guy, he um, processes deer. And, you know, that guy has a spring and you can go fill up your, you know, water jug at a spring. And, you know, so my idea is to connect the local community to the local producers and uh, hopefully create a um, infrastructure in America where if the system ever does go down, that families have the ability to know where to go to at least help their their families um, survive and in, uh, in developing relationships with those growers and with those producers.
0: I love your concept. And before you know it, you're going to look up and you're going to have this line two wave going across our nation. And I think the timing is just absolutely perfect. And so I love your concept of community. And, and Jake, you had mentioned that uh, you and your brothers, the 12 of you the the ones that are associated with your, uh, with your home builders. Um, you know, you use the term, uh, a community builder. So tell us a little bit about, um, kind of the type of home, your vision, what Hayhurst really stands for, but then also bring out, um, the concept of being a community builder with that.
3: Yeah. I think for, for us, the most important thing is, is community and family. You know, we grew up, um, there was six of us, five boys and one girl. Um, and my mom always made us eat breakfast around the table, and we ate dinner around the table. So there's always, you know, that coming together and communicating like we were talking about earlier. I think that's, that's what's lost. You know, people, they'll cook a TV dinner, and the kids will go and sit in their room and watch TV. Yeah. And so you're losing that unity. You're, you're losing that family unit and it's slowly depleting our nation. But I think if we can bring people back together, bring families back together, and as simple as spending that time in the morning and in the evening around the table um, communicating and communing with your family, and then that in turn taking that on a larger scale to your community as well. So our we when we build a home or we design a home, we're a design build builder. So we, we do all the designs and we actually build the house. So we're always having that mindset when we're building our homes and designing them that um, family first and trying to trying to um, kind of navigate people into that direction. We don't put a lot of square footage in our bedrooms. Um, we put the majority of the square footage into the living spaces of the homes, the, the dining room, the kitchen, the living area, the outdoor living, you know, yeah. nice big porches um, we get a lot of our inspiration from the mid-century movement, that post-war movement um, where architects were looking at bringing families together in this same aspect of um, building homes that are efficient and building homes that um, let a lot of natural light in. So we put a lot of windows into our home so you don't have to turn the lights on during the day, just kind of thinking through utilizing all the space as much as possible as opposed to having a lot of dead space, you know, secondary family rooms and dining rooms that don't ever get used. You know, you're paying um, to heat and cool those spaces. And most of the time, they just have a table sitting in them that never, you know, no one ever uses it. You sit and you commune in the breakfast bar around the kitchen. Or if you have a nice big open concept, then you don't have those rooms that are just dead space. Yeah,
0: that separation. You know, I can remember whenever we would come home, um, especially when the kids were younger, I have three kids and we'd come home and everybody would just grab something and they would go to their designated room because each one had a TV set and a, um, a recording device, you know, how they could record their shows. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I thought, Oh, this is great. And we'd got the kids, a TV and we got them a recording device. And then what I noticed was is very quickly, we had no sense of family. I mean, mm-hmm we would come together and it'd be like, okay, Sunday after church, we're going to sit down and have a meal. They didn't They didn't know, the kids didn't, It and it's my fault. I The kids didn't know how to have a conversation or to, they would eat their meal quickly because my wife would take the time to prepare it, but they would eat it because they wanted to go back into their rooms where they could go do what they wanted to do. And um, it, it very quickly just was alarming to me that we as a family, yeah, we're, Uh, that's not a family family is spending time together having conversations Paul, to your point reading books or discussing about what you read or educating each other and so absolutely to me that is i'm glad to see that there is a a sense of urgency to bring that back because if if we're going to keep our families together then that communication and that bonding is what is so critical and and we've lost that over the years yeah we have i
3: totally agree i think you know, um, we tell, w- within our company, I tell all the men that Hayhurst Brothers comes way down the li- list when it comes to being a husband and a father because those are the two things as men we are called first and foremost to be as a husband and a father. Correct. And so Correct. I think one of the major problems within our nation is the lack of fatherhood. You know, there's the, the amount of broken homes is, is unparalleled. I mean, the numbers are staggering mm-hmm. as far as... Every 10 years, every decade, it just gets worse and worse and I worse. Agree. And then, you know, you've got that next generation. They, they grew up in a broken home. They're like, well, I'm, why do I need to get married? You yeah, know? And they see so, no value in yeah. it. But um, the, the fact of the, the importance of, of being a father and of being, being a husband within the home is, is the most important thing as, that, that
0: as far as I feel my calling is to do as yeah. a man. I agree. We had this conversation last week, and I'm going to bring you all into this conversation. And so I um, I told Frank, I said, you know, I said, being a judge, I see a lot of things. I see a lot of people when they're probably not at their best. But I've also, it's been heavy on my heart that it's the love of the father that's missing. Now, it's okay to say, well, it was just from a father to a son, but it's really not. It's a father to the daughters. 99.9% 99.9% of all the issues is because those individuals do not have that relationship or that's the right. love of the father. And our perfect example is our heavenly father. And that's yeah. that's the perfect role of our relationship we have with him is, is the model that we should be with our children. And I, I see it over and over. And I told Frank, I said, to me, I said, that is the common denominator is our society has lost the love of the father, you know, much less the heavenly father, but then also an earthly father and dads, it's on us. I mean, it really is. I mean, you're exactly right. I tell people all the time, young dads, I said, when you go to stand before the father,
3: it's not going to be, you know, well, how did you do at your job or how did you do, you know, plow in the fields? It's going to be how we are accountable to how we were with our wife and how we were with our children and um, that's the most important thing i agree and so going back to it that's that's what we are passionate about and again community building what paul is doing you know i think it's important you know it's not a doom and gloom thing it's a a guy i listen to he always says helping you live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't so these things that paul are that paul's implementing with line two and all these things we've been talking about it's only going to bring your life fulfillment and, and joy and excitement and um, and be fulfilling, even if times don't get tough. But if they do, then you're ready for then it. Then you're ready. Right.
0: You're prepared for it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I can't wait for the lunch. Every time I've had the opportunity to share a meal with y'all, in whatever form it is, it is the most amazing experience. This will be the third time because I had the first, the dining on Hossel Street. Mm, that's right. Which to me was phenomenal I it was probably the coolest experience to be downtown Bridgeport where the the place is lined with two lines of tables and my first thing my wife as we pulled up uh, you know always talking and stuff my wife said oh well you'll probably know everybody here and I'll never see you again the rest of the night and I did not know anybody other than y'all who invited us and then by the end of the night I had the opportunity and with my wife we we socialized we networked we talked and everybody was from outside of our community coming in no different than that whenever we came together uh for a dinner just a couple of months ago it paul it was at your home too wasn't it yes sir uh paul has an incredible home uh and the top deck is nothing but a um an outdoor living area is that the right way to say it that's
2: correct it's on top of the second story and it's a uh... You know, a deck with treks and wraparound metal and uh, two flights of stairs to get up there. And it's got close to a 70-mile view. Uh, You can see kind of the wind turbines in Jacksboro and Decatur. So... Uh, maybe close to closer to sixty, but yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous, wow. and
0: we have some of the most beautiful sunsets. Oh man, uh, <laughs> without question,
2: of anywhere in the world. Yeah,
0: I don't want to say that too loud because everybody <laughs> will want to come and enjoy. But I'm telling you, I've traveled the world, and for whatever reason, I'm I'm sure it's the dust in Lubbock is what the West <laughs> Texas guys will tell us. But it is it is it is more beautiful than a sunset in Hawaii. I mean, it truly is because you see colors, and I mean, going back to what we're talking about, sometimes that's the most important part of my day is is you just go and you sit and you just enjoy it with your spouse or with your kids, and you show them that, hey, um, just four or five minutes of watching the sun set and the colors change on the horizon is one of the most calming and peaceful things. And then I find myself, usually we have a, a campfire or bonfire going on, and we usually start communicating. We start talking, hey, what happened this day? And it's a time to decompress and share with the positives and the negatives that you've experienced that day. And so kind of a letdown. So I love Jack County Sunsets. Oh, I, man. That's moneymakers yep. for me. So, right. <laughs> but anyway. Paul, tell us a little bit how you can get involved with line two. Tell us about the dates. I know it's coming up quickly. so And then making sure that um, they RSVP and let them know that you're coming and, uh, and about the meal.
2: Okay. So uh, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, uh, my name is Paul Reese, P-A-U-L-R-I-S-S-E. You can send me a message there. My phone number is 940-577-9002. You can call or text me. The cost is $75 per person, and kids 10 and under are free. If it's a teenager who eats a lot, they're going to cover the cost of the meal. Uh, <laughs> Got to do it. Um, my wife, I hosted three of these <laughs> events last year, and I made a slight loss on each one, which <laughs> took away for her desire for me to continue doing them. So I've raised the price to $75, and that covers I pay the speakers, and I pay for the meal, and... Porta potties and uh, you know the, the drinks and everything. so I have uh, to
3: add that this that Paul's passion is second to none and this is not anything he's doing to make money. It's truly he, it's barely covering his costs and it's truly to get this, this message out and to, sure. to expand the community and bring people together.
0: And the meal will be incredible. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That will kind of be like the, the mm-hmm. pinnacle of the day. It'll be the, oh, yeah. to me, it'll be one of the highest points. So yes, sir. I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yes, sir. And also um, my desire is for people to be there. And so if you're listening to this and you have a family and finances are hard right now, reach out to me um, and we'll make something work. If that means you come and volunteer and help clean up that day or come in the day before and help set up, Uh, We want your family to be there. We want people to be educated. Um, So don't let me saying that the cost of $75 hinder you. Just reach out to me and we'll figure something out.
0: Where's it going to be located? Where's the presentation going
2: to be? It's going to be at my property. The address is 451 Southwind Road, Bridgeport, Texas, 76426. And uh, I'll be sending a pin drop to anybody who RSVPs because There's about three or four turns on dirt roads, and uh, it can be confusing uh, to some people. And sometimes it takes you to a fence, and then they will text me and say, am I here? And I say, nope. And they say, okay, I'm looking at a field and a fence. I'm like, all right, turn around and take a right. Um, So because it's kind of out in the country, some of the maps uh, have a hard time navigating that terrain but it's getting better and better and if anyone has any i'll also do written directions i can text people excellent perfect Very much i'm so. sure
3: this audience is used to the jack county roads because this is jack county it's a bridgeport address but yeah. jack county it so.
0: is and it, geographically it's in the southeast portion of our county just kind of off 199 east of the power plants yep yeah. is that's that right. a fair way that's to right.
2: say yep. it yep on top of armstrong mountain that's oh that's a great exactly. yeah
0: that's exactly right so that's good Jake, tell us a little bit more about your, um, the building or wrap it up and kind of what's some of your projects that you're working on. I know I got to share. I'm going to have a Hayhurst brothers house right next door to me. (laughs) So, uh, my, my closest neighbors will own a Hayhurst brothers home. Yeah. We're really excited excited about about that. That project that
3: that is, they've got a view that's second to none. I mean, it's beautiful up there. We're we're building several homes right now uh, in Jack County. Um, we just finished one out, out on Coca-Cola Ranch Road. And uh, I'll tell you what, there is some beautiful country out here. I mean, it's Isn't just it, it just surprises you. Yeah, it really and, does. Um, but, yeah, we've got uh, quite a few projects going on. We're, we're very blessed. I know the times have been a little bit um, iffy with interest rates and all the things that have been going on. But we have been very blessed, and we have um, – a lot of projects going on and uh, I'm just super thankful that you brought us on and we're able to come and communicate and talk about the things we've been able to talk about. Yeah, very it's much
0: wonderful. so. True craftsmen. And I'm going to tell you, that's one of the things And talking about timelessness, one that will be passed from generation to generation. And, and everything that we've talked about today is making our generations to come better Amen. and being sustainable. so. Gentlemen, Mm -hmm. thank you very much for being our guest on Get the Facts, Jack. Make sure you take time to like our podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Pods, Google Pods, Bean Pods, all the pods, I think, aren't we? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks so much. I appreciate y'all being here. Thanks for everything that y'all do. Enjoyed it. I love your passion.